Hello, and welcome to my secondary podcast series, which is part of Soul Conversations with Mia called Your Voice Matters. Each episode is a casual conversation with someone who has an important story, insight, and message to share about their experience of being on their human journey. And every story is relatable because we are all on our own journey of human experiences. I hope you enjoy and remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. One more time. Okay, welcome to another episode of Your Voice Matters, which is sort of an offshoot of my podcast series, which is Soul Conversations with Mia. And these um, particular episodes are a conversational exchange with somebody who has something to share um, or an experience to share or an insight to share, whatever it happens to be. And today I'm lucky enough to have Olivia on. And Olivia and I go back a little ways. Um, We met at a fitness conference, I want to say PC, everything's AC and PC pre-COVID and after COVID. So it was before COVID that we were together on stage uh, in Vancouver. And from that, we started doing some work together. And Olivia has gone on to do a bunch of really cool stuff, um, especially around, um, I'm going to call it ultra distance um, events, uh, which she's winding down and taking a breather on. But today we are going to talk about something that I think is very important and very vital to a lot of women, men, yes, but I'm just going to say with women, we get caught in the busy bubble or the busy hustle and sometimes we get so caught up in the busy bubble that we end up becoming completely disconnected from ourselves so today's conversation is literally around um the concept of being busy and i like to to say that busy isn't a badge of honor and i know olivia likes to say that busy is a choice so we're just going to start there and i'm just going to get you to start by sharing with me why you're so passionate about this topic uh, well, I think for a few different reasons, um, you had posted, I think it was maybe even a couple months ago, you had posted a meme or some sort of quote on your Facebook and then, um, it triggered me and I was like, okay, we got to talk about this because for me, it is kind of a trigger. And I think I have maybe some early, really early roots with it. Um, so my mom was a stay at home mom, but she and my dad ran a business together, but my dad was like the face of the business and my mom was behind the scenes. She did like the book work and all that kind of stuff. Um, but she was at home and she did all the duties of the business, but she also did all the domestics. Um, things weren't really shared as much in the household as they are now. At least I know in my family, you know, more shared. Um, And I think it would come from her attachment of self-worth to that word. Um, Other women would say comments to her like, oh, well, I don't have time to bake cookies for my family because I'm too busy. Um, Oh, it must be nice to be a stay-at-home mom and to be able to do this or that. Um, I'm too busy because I work. Um, My mom never complained about any of the things that she had to do, but I could see the 
the hurt, I guess, when people would comment about, you know, the type of life she led, um, or the fact that she was able to be a stay-at-home mom. And I think it's even more significant, and you would maybe be able to have insight with this as well, because like my mom would have been kind of on the very edge of the end of the big women's liberation movement. And that is a time, you know, when women really fought for equal rights in the workplace. Um, well, there were so many things and so many huge pioneers. So I almost feel like the generation or two before us, um, they fought so hard to get equal rights in and build careers and things. So in a way, if women didn't have that career or job or whatever, it was almost looked down upon. Um, and I feel like that kind of towards the end of my, like raising my kids. And now I can kind of see it more now with women who have little ones right now. It's kind of changing a bit and there's more confidence and pride in being a stay-at-home mom again. Like I'm choosing this. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm any less than or any less busy than the next person or the next woman that has a big career and is doing all the things. I think we're kind of getting back to a little bit of balance now. So I think, yeah, I think circling back around my, um, my passion kind of comes from um, just seeing the way that women talk to each other about their busyness and the triggers. Mm. And uh, the and then I guess the second thing would likely be as um, my experience working in the fitness industry and as, as a personal trainer, because, you know, there's that old cliche, I'm too busy to work out. And, uh, and I saw a lot of that in my gym and it became a thing where my clients knew they weren't allowed to use the word busy in my space. Uh, it was setting priorities and, and it came back to a lot of the things that you and I have talked about on the topic, which is you could see that busyness was um, being used in place of avoid or uh, avoiding something, mm -hmm. something deeper um, or yeah, a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. so, it's interesting because the way you explained your mom's world of busyness to me just the way you explained it is very different than the busyness I speak of like your mom's busyness it sounds like she did that with pride and with honor without saying I'm busy she just simply went about the business of living her life which was busy but not what she was it wasn't her label she yeah. managed to be able to juggle all these things, had a busy life, uh, but that didn't necessarily define who she was, which is the difference um, between what I'm talking about, where people actually define themselves by their busyness. Like, look at me, how busy I am. And, um, and what is that at the expense of? Like, why is that? Yeah, and, 
And that's totally the thing is I think, um, and when I listened to your podcast and you talked about, and the funny thing is I wrote about the exact same thing is busyness. You said, you know, doing versus being. So my mom was a doer and I don't even think because we didn't talk about this kind of stuff. There were so there wouldn't have even been the thought that we're attaching busy to being or to, or versus doing right. So now we can kind of look at it and do that. But, um, I think that, um, like when we initially had started talking, I had this little story about a squirrel and, uh, it was, I think the beginning of September and the squirrels were out and I said, and who made the, somebody made the comment, oh, the squirrels are very busy. And I thought to myself, I wonder if the squirrels are saying to themselves, oh, I'm very busy because they're getting ready for winter. They're just doing their jobs. Right. And so, yeah. And then the other example is, um, the single mother with three kids and she is working two jobs to make ends meet. And, you know, maybe affording the very basics so her kids can do an activity each, that kind of thing. But I highly doubt that if you were to go up to her and say, hi, Jane, how are you? I don't think the first thing to come out of her mouth would be, I'm busy. Nope, I don't think so either. She'd say, I'm tired, probably. (laughs) Whereas, now, the question I have, because I thought about this too, And maybe I'm totally wrong because I'm not going to go do some sort of research analysis, but I feel like attaching your identity to busy increases with socioeconomic status. So, um, and by that, I mean, I'm kind of treading on a little bit of controversial ground here, but I think the more we have the more we can consume ourselves with. So we can put our, the more money we have, we can put our kids in way more activities. We can um, afford to do way more too, right? And then we're just creating more clutter, more busy. And so I feel like in certain social circles and maybe some more, the more affluent you are, the busier people seem to be. I don't know if you've had that experience. Um, I would say that the busyness looks different, the more affluent you are. Yeah, for sure. And the, the challenging part with that busyness is how it's becoming generational, where you pride yourself in how busy you are. And then even you're even more proud how busy your children are how much stuff you can put your children in and you know anxiety in children is rampant oh yeah whether there's a connection I don't know um what I do know is children do need quiet time and downtime and it's almost it's it's almost like a strange non-part of the conversation like go go to your room enjoy your books you know no screen time, whatever happens to me, it depends on the age of the kid. But I really, I really wonder what that's going to look like down the road, especially the, the moms that have got their kids in four or five activities um, a week. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think um, what I've seen with my experience in, in parenting, and I mean, I think it's just kind of got worse, like both my girls now are in university. So <clears throat> I'm kind of thankful in a lot of ways that they were at the very tip of things like um, Snapchat used to be the big one when they were younger, but now it's this TikTok. And I think so when you're overscheduling your kids and you're overscheduling your lives, um, you just, you, your kids don't know how to be bored or I, I don't even like to use the word bored um, because I don't feel like I'm ever bored, but I'm not bored because I'm busy. <laughs> um, I feel like they don't know how to occupy space or time without there being an activity or there being social media or a device or a distraction yeah a distraction I think the word bored is an important word in this conversation um or any other really uncomfortable emotion a lot of times the busyness is in service of avoiding something that you don't want to feel and generally boredom is ranked one of the top three I just, I can't stand being bored. I don't know what to do with myself. In other words, I don't know how to be by myself, with myself in the space of quiet, uh, with my own thoughts and emotions, because yeah, that's gross. I'd, I'd rather just over schedule myself. Yeah, I, and I completely agree. I haven't had a chance to tell you this, but like this amazing example, it's not amazing. It's actually very tragic, but um, it's a prime example of the busyness and avoidance. Um, <clears throat> so someone that was a big part of my life, um, we had a visit a couple weeks ago um, and we had not seen each other for a very long time. So she came to see me and um, I always saw her as someone who was like insanely scheduled, like just no, um, no give in the schedule. So you know, and no spontaneity, that kind of thing. Um, and I knew that there was some sort of avoidance going on, but I really didn't understand how deep that avoidance was until a couple of weeks ago when she came and she just kind of told me her whole story. And this was someone that I'm very close with and that, you know, you think when you're, um, a close friend or relative or whatever. I mean, you can pick up on cues, but wow, like I had no idea the depth of what she was going through, um, like no idea. And I'm a pretty intuitive person. And to think that now I can look at her life and see what was going on and to see now what exactly it was she was avoiding and how she how she was able to even manage that for as long as she did without her body breaking down or something is crazy so yeah um yeah i do think women yeah and men men just don't uh, men just don't seem to talk about it maybe as much although my husband said he just um, was this, he's been listening to a podcast. I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of about the same thing. And he said it, those one specifically talked about how men work more, maybe not as efficiently or as effectively, but 
working more seems to be their badge of honor. Yeah. So it kind of got parallels. It's just in different ways. Different ways, yeah. And your friend, the example that you just used, it's an ex uh, it's a prime example of how we can be master manipulators and chameleons. This was in, like... or in order to hold it all together to create the image that we choose to create for ourselves um, in in the public eye. Yeah. And part of that image is how well you can hold it all together in the face of busyness. Yeah. Like really, when you start talking to, to women and, and they, they say, oh yeah, you know, I took an hour and I read this afternoon or I love taking, I love my afternoon nap or, you know, that evening walk or, you know, that makes some people's heads spin. What? Downtime? No. What, you know, shouldn't you be filling that with something? Um, and I don't know if that just becomes easier as you age or just as you become more aware, I'm not too sure which it is or a combination of the two. Um, I do see more women understanding the power of balance, mm -hmm. which is sort of the flip side of this conversation, right? Which is in the podcast that I just released this morning. Um, the flip side of the busyness is really creating awareness around the busyness and then shifting into what what looks like healthy healthy balance around my busyness. We're all busy. I said this in the podcast. We're all busy. Just some of us choose to label ourselves busy, and some of us just recognize, "Yeah, I got a busy life," and away you go. But that's yeah. not who I am. No, exactly, exactly. And then, as you and I know, in our past lives as trainers, it was always like you know, too busy to work out, too busy to take care of myself, too busy to eat properly. Um, but it's all again, it would always be reframing it. No, you're prioritizing other things over yourself. And why? That's a whole other question. Um, and there usually was a why. Yep. So, but of course, you know, at that time as trainers, that's kind of out of our scope. But yeah, yeah and I think back to... Um, like my life when I, I graduated university, moved back to my hometown, was engaged and I was like just raring to go, right? And I wanted to find this big career, but wasn't sure I could do it kind of in a small town. And I mean, I found jobs that had were good challenges and things and then right away had kids. And, and I think for me, I did fall into that busy trap. Um, but I think for me, it was trying to validate myself and show people just because I didn't have this high powered career. Um, you know, I was just kind of a basic mom with a job at a community college kind of thing. So yeah, I took on all the volunteer work. I put my kids in 800 activities. I was a school board trustee. I was president of the skating club. Like I did it all at one time and I was miserable. But I was like trying to find this identity. You're young, like I was young. I was doing all this stuff young. Um, and I just couldn't find who I was. It was like a constant search. And then the more you take on trying to find that thing that you're missing, um, kind of the more miserable you become until it kind of just spirals out of control. And then the funny thing that you say is 
as you age, I was just thinking, I want, it's too bad. Like the movie, the Benjamin Button movie, where you can't kind of live your life backwards, because I do feel with age, you gain some wisdom. Although I have to say up until the pandemic, and when I started working with you, because I too went from working an 80 hour work week, trying to um, start up this new business for well over a year and then doing all my client stuff on the side, um, went from like a hundred miles an hour to zero. And, um, we're stuck inside with my kids at home and my husband home and we had all this time and it was so foreign. It's like, what the hell are we going to do now? <laughs> and, but I did, I, I slowly sunk into this depression because I was losing my identity. I was, not used to having all this time it felt very uncomfortable and then you and I started working together and um and now two years later I'm at a place where I'm so content I I mean I'm not working I have two kids that I'm not running around anymore they're out of the house so new empty nester and, but the biggest thing is I don't feel anymore that I have to justify to anybody what I do with my time. Good for you. So, um, you know, people will all run into people and they'll be like, oh, so what do you do? And I'll be like, I'm retired. Well, you're awfully young to be retired. And I'm like, isn't that great? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. explanation. Because I think women do feel like we need to explain what we do with our time. Yeah. We have to minimize um, our achievements. And, um, I love, I love what you just shared the story. Cause it's exactly what I was saying in the podcast around making yourself as busy as you humanly can to create your identity, which is actually disconnecting you from who you are. Yes. Like, who am I, if I'm not busy, who am I? Which is probably the biggest question that I get in the coaching industry is I, I just don't know who I am slow down and you might find out who you are yeah. right it's it's in the quiet it's in the silence and it's in the the calm that the reflection like it's like a pond right that's when you can see your reflection yeah uh, it's when it's calm but it's this the 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 busyness is um such a perfect strategy for disconnecting from everything that isn't serving you. So it disconnects you from your voice, from your truth, from your needs, your wants, your desires, from your feelings, your pain, your discomfort. It disconnects you from all of it, which is very convenient until you're no longer busy. And then all of a sudden it comes crashing down. Yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly it. And I, I think that's what I saw I think that's what I saw so much of in my personal training business with when I was one-on-one -on -one with clients. Um, and I think, and I know that's the part that burnt me out because, you know, it's out of my scope of practice to, I can see what's going on, but I can't cancel on what's going on. So then you try and um, talk to women and tell them, okay, there's something deeper than just exercise going on here. There's like, you know, because they come to you as a trainer and, and they open up, right? And they tell you all sorts of things about their lives and they're coming you, to you because they, I, I don't know, with you mostly because they wanted to 
change their physical appearance. That was number one. Mm -hmm. um, But the why behind that and then mixing in the busyness uh, was always, and then just trying to, you just trying to break through. And, and I think that's the part where women or anyone that's um, having to break away from the busyness is just going to feel it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but until you sit in that space and really work on it and figure out why, um, then none of the other pieces will fall into place. Like the, the fitness or the eating properly or whatever it is you're trying to do there's just something like it was like that with I want to say 85% of my clients there was something deeper there yeah absolutely and I, I think I go into that quite um quite intensely in detox your mind to lose the weight that that mm-hmm. episode um of the podcast um I had an interesting situation recently with a client where she's struggling with weight and all this stuff. That's not why we were working together, but that was just a piece of it. And because she knew I was in the fitness industry for so long, I think she would like to have had me guide her. And I had said to her, you know what to do. I don't have to tell you what to do. You know how to eat, you know what to eat, when to eat, what to exercise, how to exercise, when to exercise, how much exercise, how much not, how much, you know it all. You don't need anybody to tell you that. What you need is to sit down and figure out the piece that's keeping you from fully embracing what you already know. So she struggled with that. We worked a bit together and she figured out the link about six weeks ago, she finally went, oh my God, click. When she clicked that together, she's like 58 days now of no alcohol and clean eating. She, none of her clothes fit there and, and she has no scale. She hasn't changed. All she's doing is eating healthy the way she knows she's supposed to eat. And she's a shrinking machine because she figured out the piece. As soon as it went click, um, that was it sky was the limit yeah and that's that's exactly what we're talking about here is with the busyness too the unnecessary busyness that's what we're talking about is what is that in service of yeah and and that's um I'm trying to think of the part of your podcast that I listened to um it was you know making a making a change but you're too busy like with scheduling all these other things into your lives to make a change and I think um I don't know I think that a lot of women probably do maybe it's not I'm trying to say 50 50 of who wears it as a badge of honor and attaches busyness to their identity versus the avoidance of trying to work on something or change yeah. something pretty major. Yeah, and busy is just one example of how we avoid. I mean, we could binge watch Netflix. That's another example. We can um, hang out on Amazon and shop our brains out. That's another example. We can, um, you know, I mean, the, the busy is just an example of um, avoiding something that's uncomfortable. And the funny thing is, 
Change is uncomfortable. And for so many people, it's easier for them to be uncomfortable in their discomfort than it is for them to get uncomfortable with change. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, it, it really truly is. And I, I love to um, use the analogy the, of coaching. When you're coaching someone, you're literally taking their hand and walking them up to a door that's closed. And then you're asking a question that allows the door to open and inviting them to walk through. And it's their choice if they want to walk through the door or not. And if they choose to walk through the door, do they then choose to walk back or do they choose to close the door and continue down the road till they hit the next door that's closed, right? And I feel like busy is just one of those doors, just like money is one of those doors, time is one of those doors, self-worth is one of those doors, busy is one of those doors. So really being able to ask the questions around the why allows someone to open that door and go, yeah, the hell what am I doing this is crazy and what am I how am I how am I um how am I teaching my children the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah that's a big one that's a big one my my kids uh saw a lot of that this spring with my youngest was graduating so I hadn't done any sort of volunteer work for a while especially this was coming out of the COVID stuff so um I had all these parents saying you should be the uh, chair of the prom committee. And I was like, no way, I'm not going to be the chair, but I'll be a sub chair. So, well, anyways, I may as well have just been the chair, <laughs> but <laughs> in that, in that time, I think it was like after two and a, two years, two plus years of being away from all of this stuff. And now we're back in this volunteer situation and primarily mothers, um, the big thing that kept coming back out, which was driving me mental, was I can't, I'm too busy. I can't, I'm too busy. I can't, I'm too busy. But like, it was just oh, incessant. It, it was driving me to drink. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm like, geez, you know, like after all this time, I just feel like we, sometimes you think, oh man, maybe we haven't learned anything. But um, sometimes I feel like in situations and groups like that, women almost belittle each other too with using that. They think, well, another example was very recent. Um, my husband, my husband's friends were wanting to organize a dinner party for another friend for, um, his birthday. And, uh, again, something we haven't done in a couple of years and, but none of the wives were, wanting to go and kind of these are separate conversations going on but one of them came back to one of the wives in the groups everyone feeling intimidated because um a few of us work outside of the home and a few of us don't but the ones that don't feel um like we're looked down upon because we don't and we don't have that busyness attached to us Mm -hmm. like Ah, it's still, it's out there, but it's, um, that's more of an identity thing, I think, where, um, and then when, when you have another woman kind of, or women looking down upon you because they don't think you're busy enough, or you have too much free time on your hands. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Like who, who in this day and age has time to sit and read a book in the middle of the day for an hour and a half? Who? Well, and if you do, what's wrong with you? (laughs) 
Exactly. Well, that's the question is what's wrong with you if you do. And it's like, what's wrong with you if you don't? Exactly. Because I mean, I read a book for an hour earlier today. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, some people um, busy is, is necessary. And we're, we're certainly not demeaning people that have busy lives. This is really just about identifying yourself as busy rather than as you know, beautiful and curious and vivacious and loving and compassionate or whatever you are busy. I'm busy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sucks to be you then. You said that in your, in the opening of your podcast, it was like, you're going to say one of three things. I'm great. I'm, I forget what the second one. I'm was. good. I'm fine. Or I'm busy. Um, yeah. Oh yes. And fine. I liked that one. Um, So tell me if we were rounding out this conversation, what's the most important thing that you would want the listeners to hear from this podcast? Okay. I think that if you are one of those people who um, either has, you're exhausted all the time because you're so overscheduled and your kids and your life or whatever it is you've got going on. Um, by the time you hit the pillow at night, you're completely exhausted and you just can never catch up on sleep. Or if you feel triggered by, um, or judged maybe by, um, someone thinking that you're not busy or busy enough, I think that maybe a good idea would be to, and it's easier said than done, um, find some space to, even if it's for a weekend, just don't do anything and, and see how uncomfortable you are. And I feel like the more uncomfortable you are with the amount of space that you have, the more work you have to do on yourself. Mm. and then call me (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that part (laughs) um that was beautiful I love that and even if it was even a day or a half a day right if you can't be with yourself there's something that needs to be looked at for sure Mm -hmm. and you know I'd like to say that um we're so much more than busy Like we are unbelievable, unbelievably powerful entities um, that are trapped in the world of busy. And to remember that we're so much more than busy. That's the piece that I think is most important that I wanted to share. Yeah. And again, and going back to, and don't teach your kids to just pass on, like if you have kids or grandkids, um, yeah, just don't pass that on because it's, it's not a badge of honor. You want them to be able to feel comfortable in their own space, in their own quiet, um, to be able to detach. Cause I think that that is honestly where so much of kids anxiety and depression is coming from is just this world that can never shut off and that always scheduled. Yeah. And it's important for them to process what they're feeling rather than smother it with busyness. If they're sad, allow them to process the emotion of sadness or boredom or anger or whatever it happens to be 
Otherwise, we grow up to be adults who have no idea how to process emotion. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, super insightful conversation. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your insights. They were beautiful and important. And because we're a, um, a, a generation apart, like you're how old? 44. Yeah, so you have a slightly different perspective than me, which is perfect. I mean, you're just coming out of the world of busy, like, and it's almost too bad that you didn't have this insight 10 years ago, because you could have oh. still been busy, but you would have probably managed it a whole lot differently. Yeah, and I think the biggest takeaway would have been that I wouldn't have felt judged by, and I wouldn't have felt the need to explain my time. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a beautiful conversation. I appreciate your time so much. And I can't wait for people to listen and learn and grow. And that's what this is all about, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. So we'll talk again soon.